Hi, Love Leaders. It's Dr. Shannon Roberts, your host for the Love Leading Podcast, where we discuss how to create connection in your most important relationship that God designed, bringing health and sometimes healing while deepening intimacy. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome to the Love Leading with Dr. Shannon podcast. In this episode today, we are going to be discussing what you might need to consider so not to make the biggest mistake while trying to restore your most important relationship. How do you find the right marriage or couples counselor? So I'm going to be giving you six things to consider when choosing your right marriage counselor. Listen, I talk to couples every day, all day long, and have been doing that for 30 years. And they come in having had, like with any other industry, really um, a beneficial history of counseling and then a not so good story either. And it can be very confusing. Um, How do you go about finding the right one? What do I need to ask? What do I need to know? Um, A lot of times we get word of mouth referrals. Those are not the bad. Those are not bad at all. Um, But you need to have some education as a consumer, making sure that you are choosing very carefully. A lot of times couples will say, we have one shot at this. You know, um, we tried that marriage counseling thing in the past. It didn't go so well. Sometimes they don't even show back up into the counseling room because they had maybe not such a great experience. So I'm going to give you six things so that as a consumer, you do your best at um, providing yourself the education and the right search. So here's the first one. The approach to counseling is equally as important to the credentials of the counselor. Okay, so a lot of time you're going, okay, there's a lot of letters after this um, person's name. And I don't even know what they mean. So let me kind of just break that down to for you before we get on to the approach. Um, Being a licensed counselor means that we are regulated by a governing authority, that there are ethics that we have to follow. There are certain amount of um, CEUs, our um, continual education um, units, so that we're staying abreast and um, sharpened with the new research and the new um, laws and rules that are out there. And you're going to want a licensed professional because if they're unlicensed, that's a really shaky ground. I mean, we are in um, a new time when there are a lot of people that are out there promoting themselves as experts in the field. And in our industry in counseling, they can call themselves coaches and you have no idea whatsoever what that means. They don't have to have a governing body. They don't have to have an education or a certification. They can call themselves a coach and and not have any of those um, particular pre-qualifiers that licensed professional counselors have. 
And so if you are licensed, it's a differing state licensing um, credentialing process. But for the basic big picture, to even be licensed, you have to have a minimum of a master's degree. So that's four years minimum to go towards a bachelor's degree, and then two or three years after that to be able to have a master's degree. In addition to that, if you are a licensed with a state professional, you have to pass a national exam. And then you have to pay for supervision, minimum of around a thousand hours being supervised by a seasoned licensed therapist to make sure you know what you're doing. So that's a lot of um, protection with you um, to make sure that when you go and pay a professional, they actually know what they are doing. They have the education and the experience to even be able to charge for their services. So be real careful that um, that if they call themselves a coach, that you might ask the questions, what kind of education background do you have? And what kinds of experience do you have? And do you have a governing board that makes sure that you stay abreast with as the industry and the field continues to add to the body of research and information? Um, so there's several different kinds of letters that you might want to be aware of with licensed counselors that can actually be in a private practice setting and be able to charge you money legally. Um, you might see the letters LPC, which stands for Licensed Professional Counselor. Um, you might see the letters LMHC, that's a Licensed Mental Health Counselor. And those are interchangeable depending on what state you are. Some states license as an LPC and some states license as an LMHC. Other areas um, of expertise that are licensed under this same big broad umbrella is licensed marriage and family therapists. So they'll be recognized by an LMFT. And um, LCSWs are also licensed clinical social, social workers. Obviously in the area, um, if they've gone on um, beyond a master's, and they might advertise themselves as with a PhD recognition. That means that they've gotten a doctorate of philosophy or a PsyD, a, uh, a doctorate of psychology. So that just means they have further gone and done the kind of work um, for um, a doctoral level. And sometimes they've expertise themselves in the area of research and an air, a specific area of counseling, whether that's with couples and or with um, maybe individuals or a certain population group. So um, those are also additional things that you want to um, remember. And usually they've done a, um, a dissertation or a body of work that they've converted to maybe a book. So that brings them further um, integrity and um, an area of expertise. 
But listen, when I first got started as a master's level licensed mental health counselor, before I went on and did my expertise work in um, gotten my PhD in the area of couples counseling, I began seeing couples. Um, and back in a dinosaur ago in the in the early to late 80s, this kind of field wasn't as fully developed in the area of research. And there wasn't as much strategic interventions being trained um, with um, couples uh, for therapists that were working with couples um, specifically. And so a lot of um a lot of therapists would try to overlay um, some of the intervention uh, models that they have learned as they are working with individuals. They tried to transfer those same kind of interventions in the room with couples to not a great success. Um, early um, success results were not um, ideal in the area of couples counseling. They were getting maybe 20, 25 percent. Um, return um, of success with the couples that they were working with. And so we've come a long way in the area of couples therapy, um, specifically interventions that um, go back to um, the science and the empirical research um, foundationally that were built from new um, research in the field. And so um, you will want to know um, and it's okay to ask what particular model of intervention that your couples therapist has been specifically trained on and how much training and how much experience they've done using that particular model. So, for example, um, there is a um, particular couples intervention that I am specifically trained on and have been using well over 10 years, and it's called emotionally focused therapy. Now, once they give you your model, you can do your research um, to know what kind of success rates that particular model actually gets. Um, you guys are going to really want to make sure that it has a pretty high return on the um, time and resources that you put your um, money and efforts into. Um, for example, I know that emotionally focused therapy is currently showing 90% improvement. For those couples that are working with a couples therapist that know how to use the model well, that have been specifically trained and have had experience using this model, um, those that complete beginning to end show 90% significant improvements and are able to sustain those um, results over the course of two and three and upward years. So that's significant. And you're going to want to understand that. So asking that question is really important to be a trained, for example, emotionally focused therapist. Um, I went to a four day um, externship um, for phase one. So um, classroom time, even after I had gotten my PhD, um, working with someone that was educating and demonstrating the model for four days straight. In addition to that, when I went to phase two, I um, was trained for specific aspects of each one of those stages of the intervention, eight different weekends. 
over the course of two months. So two days, eight different times. And then phase three, I had to submit um, examples of each one of those eight phases to a headquartering governing um, authority, the Emotionally Focused Therapy um, Headquarters, to get approval that I knew how to do the intervention at every stage of the intervention. So three phases. Um, so that is a significant amount of training, a lot of knowledge, and you are going to want the comfort level of knowing that equally your therapist has a form of specific couples counseling that is supported by science. It's called empirically supported um, intervention that really gets the results necessary. All right, moving on, guys. Number two, again, there should be science to match the model of counseling. There's a reason why um, certain interventions work and, and why they don't, and it needs to be proven. The science behind it, um, for example, emotionally focused therapy is based on the attachment literature in research that we have a um, internal hardwired uh, working interrelationship with significant relationships in our life um, based on the parent-child attachment that then transfers into the romantic attachment partner. And those are those internal working models that makes us or informs us of understanding what happens, not only um, socially in the interaction, but internally in our brain systems when we are interacting differently in our romantic partnerships than we are with anybody else. So there has to be a specific science that supports the intervention and a reason and a rhyme as to the reason why we're doing the intervention. It really has to have proof that it's corrective in nature. Number three, if you are a Christian and or a faith-based couple, you specifically need to understand that the model and science do not need to contradict scripture. There's a lot of distrust, a lot um, sometimes out there between theology and psychology because sometimes they appear on the surface as contradictory. And so there are um, theories in psychology that might not necessarily be supported in scripture. But being a board certified Christian counselor, I always make sure that the science and the scripture do not contradict. Um, because I believe that God reveals himself um, both in his um, created um, word, which is um, science, and then his spoken word, which is scripture. So you're going to want to understand, especially if you, um, if it matters to you, that your um, couples therapist is sensitive to your value set, that they are not necessarily recommending or going to be conducting anything that would go against those ethics and belief systems. 
Now, some Christians are okay with not being necessarily with a Christian counselor, but definitely you're going to want to make sure that they understand the sensitivity that you bring into the room if that's important to you. And even maybe even a step further is that um, there is a specific culture um, with Christian couples that is uniquely different than maybe more secular couples. They view um, marriage a little differently. They incorporate the presence of another entity in the room, which they believe to be God as a part of their marriage. They um, believe it's not just a um, license that they actually sign, but it's a covenant, not just between two people, but an additional party, which is God. And that begins to inform how they show up in the room. And there's a lot of um, research out there that supports the different unique ways that couples show up that are Christian or faith-based versus secular. So I don't know if that's important to you, but definitely you will want to ask the questions um, that um, give you comfort level as to um, your couple's therapist and their um, level of orientation into how they incorporate, if they're aware of scripture and if they're aware of that culture in general. And listen, as um, a, a therapist, I'm supposed to be very ethically informed and very ethically sensitive to all the nuances of an ethnic group that is sitting in my room. Number four, the therapist relationship itself is an important factor. In fact, research shows that 40% of the effectiveness of any kind of counseling is really based on the trust and alliance that the couple feels with the therapist. And so you're going to want to have a good fit. And it's not that there aren't people out there that aren't appropriately trained, but if you don't feel comfortable, it's hard for you to trust. And trust um, for the effectiveness of counseling is imperative. So that is the reason why I offer a 30-minute free consultation to any couples that are trying to figure out um, who I am, information that's going to make them feel more comfortable, but also so that they can feel the dynamic between us and gain confidence that that feels good to take the next step. So it's okay to ask any counselor if you can have at least 15 or 30 minute consult that's not charged for so that you can make a good decision for yourself in the way that just your gut feels in the way that you feel in your correspondence back and forth with them. Number five, there should be specific structure to the course of the counseling objectives. Meaning, um, you're not gonna just show up and it just be like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know how long it's gonna take, how many weeks. Um, are, is it non-directive in that we just come and start talking and does the counselor just listen? Are we just going to bring in our most recent fight to have them referee? 
you're going to want to know that there is a rhyme and a reason and a step and a model of progression. I have had couples come in and they've been in counseling for years and years and years, and they never knew what model, what objectives, and when they knew they were going to be done. Um, So setting up treatment objectives that's all agreed on, a partnering agreement, and then it is the professional in the room's um, ability to communicate how they're going to get there, what it looks like, typically how long that you can expect it to last, and um, how you'll know when it's ready to be done, and then what maintenance will look like. And if none of these are talked to you up front, I want to encourage you to ask these questions. Am I just going to show up and we're going to talk and you're going to listen and then you're going to give us some sage advice and maybe a couple of pieces of homework? Or is is there, you know, modules or stages or a progression to completion? And a lot of couples will stay in and, and, and get some kind of maintenance. But typically, for example, um, my uh, marriage may hold um, two-day intensive and then six-month follow-up. We get you through in those two days, 12 to 15 modules, uniquely um, individualized to your circumstance. You'll know exactly what that progression looks like, and you'll know exactly what your follow-up modules look like and how those are conducted. And then we'll talk about the completion, what you were able to achieve, and what you're going to continue to do in your maintenance and how often that looks like. How many times have you gone to the doctor and they've just kind of maybe thrown some pills at you? They haven't taken the time to tell you what your diagnosis is, um, why you're taking the medicine, how long you're going to be having the medicine, and what you might need to do um, additionally outside of that appointment to get better. So um, make sure that you kind of take that kind of medical model with you when you're figuring out the counseling, because it's just equally as important that you are well-informed and it's your right to know um, so that you feel like there's a confidence that the therapist knows how to get you there. Okay. And then lastly, the formatting, Um, whether that's going to be an hour every other week or once a month or Um, Is it just random? You schedule when you feel like it or what is the format? And I'm going to tell you that hourly every week or every other week is really a a little getting more archaic, um, meaning that um, it's not nearly as effective, especially if we don't discuss up front the necessity of regular consistent times. That in the beginning, if my um, couples are going to choose the uh, more traditional hourly format, um, I want to be able to tell them, okay, the first six weeks, it's really imperative for us to get momentum going, trust building, the formulation of assessment, building the understanding, taking more intake Um, And moving into the work phase that we meet regularly for six to eight weeks 
And then as we see this momentum, we can discuss if we can do the formatting in a little um, less frequency. But I'm gonna tell you, having worked with couples for 30 years, um, I have found that those couples that do a two-day intensive with a follow-up program, that this formatting, not only in my experience, but the research is showing more progress in a quicker amount of time, meaning there's more relief because they get the full interventions at the very front of the counseling format rather than trickled out over the course of four to six months, um, especially if you um, have problems in scheduling your calendar um, with three professionals in the room or that you're in a place of crisis, which usually is the case when couples finally get in or um, they just have a difficult time prioritizing in between sessions and meeting the stress um, in the very get-go um, of not having to do life in between because it's that escalated in their approach. So um, those are the six things that I want to just give you a heads up on. Let me review those. One, you want the approach to counseling to be not only about the credentials, but also the specific training and approach to couples counseling that they use. You want the science to match the model. There really needs a foundational understanding of why they're doing the kind of intervention and proof that it works. Um, as a Christian, you want the model to not contradict scripture, and you don't want the couples therapists and their value sets to contradict yours. Fourth, the relationship is key, making sure there's a right fit. Five, there really should be a structure and a progression so that there is a beginning and a completion with an understanding of what those look like. And lastly, the formatting is really important that you understand what, they're, what they are recommending, how often frequency, and if you can do it in, in a traditional outpatient um, setting versus maybe an intensive and what the benefits of both are. And they should be able to explain to you if they offer both and why they recommend one over the other for your unique situation and be able to explain why. So listen, I wanted to give you this information. It can be so intimidating, so confusing, but I do not want you to make the biggest mistake when trying to restore your most important relationship. So these are six things to consider and you're gonna wanna check out my next podcast because I'm gonna go more in depth about what the benefits are to um, the intensive model of couples counseling and what the new research is revealing and why it's working more effectively. So that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening, love leaders. Be sure to check out all our links in the show notes and visit me at shannonrobertscounseling.com. If you like this episode, 
be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any others. Until next time, go lead in loving well.